We begin the Gemara today towards the bottom of the Flamed Aleph on Med Aleph and the Mishnah. Zok Teilige Mishnah, Eim Vakin Eitzim. You cannot uh, chop wood on Yontif. Loimen Akairois, not from a pile of or a, um, a, a row of beams that are set up basically to be used for construction. And it's not used for firewood. So it's Mukta. And not from beams that broke on Yontif. So when Yontif came in, it was not designated to be used for firewood. And also, even those that you are allowed to uh, chop the wood, you can't chop the wood not with a axe, and not with a uh, saw, and not with a sickle. Because these are the tools, the utensils that are usually used by a person that uh, professionally does this job of chopping wood. So that's the way it's done during the week. It can be used with a butcher's knife, a cleaver. That's not what's usually used. It's thinner and it, it's not made usually to, not to, to chop wood. And, uh, so that, that could be used on Yontif. Okay, now I, when I read the Mishnah, I already <laughs> jumped to the Maskan of the Gemara. That in the first part of the Mishnah, it's saying that the issue is Muktzah. But in the Havaman of the Gemara, as Rashi explains, the Gemara is thinking that the Mishnah has no issue with Muktzah. The only issue the Mishnah has over here is that chopping wood on Yontif is a mundane weekday activity. And we saw before there are many things that Chachamim were Masakin that you shouldn't do on Yontif just because it's Uvdin Dechayl, not to be Mazalzal in Yontif. So the Gemara in the beginning was thinking that the only reason you shouldn't chop the wood, and that it said, you know, when you have a row of woods and so on, is because it's, it's too much of a Tircha and it's similar to a weekday activity. So based on this, the Gemara asks a question. In the beginning of the Mishnah, it says that you shouldn't chop the wood at all. It says if you have these rows of wood, you have other, other wood that broke, you, see, you, sh- you shouldn't chop this wood for firewood. It's, so the Gemara understood now that, that why not? Because it's a tircha. That's why, nothing to do with muktzah. If so, the question is, how does it say afterwards in the Sefer that you could chop the wood if you're using a kufitz, if you're using a cleaver? The pshat of the Mishnah is different, and it's missing in the words of the Mishnah, and this is what it's saying. You're not allowed to chop wood when you have a, the woods that are piled up in a, in a um, they're piled up in a row in order to be used for construction. So it was designated for that. It's Moktzeh. That's the issue the Mishnah is saying. Or a beam from a house that broke on Yantif that was not designated for firewood. You could chop wood from the wood that was already broken from before Yomtev. So that wasn't uh, used, it wasn't part of the structure of the house, that was already from before Yomtev designated to be used for firewood. And then the Mishnah says, And when it comes to chop this wood, You shouldn't use a regular axe or a saw or a sickle that's usually used, you should use this butcher's knife. So that's the Pshat of the Mishnah. The issue over here is Muktzeh. That's the first point of the Mishnah. And then the Mishnah says, even if you are chopping the wood, it shouldn't be done the way it's usually done during the week. Tanya Namiyachi, like this Pshat we learned in the Brai says, well, You can't chop the wood from this row of wood that's, that's uh, piled up for construction or it was from a house. Because it's not prepared, it's Muktzeh. So the Brai clearly spells out that the issue is Muktzeh. 
Before we go back to the Gemara, the Rishayim asked a very basic question on this Gemara. One of the things that we learned before in the Gemara was that Machshire Eichel Nefesh. When you're coming to prepare something that's not Malacha in the Eichel Nefesh itself, you're not allowed to do that on Yantif if it could have been prepared before Yantif. So these uh, woods, chopping wood, the Chayre is something that could have been prepared from before Yantif. So how are you allowed to do this on Yantif? So the Alter Rebbe Shachanarach brings the Teretz that uh, over here we're speaking about chopping wood not into very small pieces. When you chop wood into very small pieces, it's a Malachim and a Teire, I guess a Teild of Teichen. That would take be asked to do on Yantif because it could have been done before Yantif. Here we're talking about chopping pieces of wood into larger pieces, which is only an Ism So because it's only Ism if it's done with the Shinui, Chacham allowed it to be done even on Yantif. The Loi Bekardom, so the Mishnah said you shouldn't use a axe. So the axe has two sides to it. There's a narrow side and there's a wider edge. So the, the wider edge of this axe, which is what's usually used by the people that usually are chopping wood, and those professionals that chop wood, that's something that shouldn't be done that way on Yontif. But on the narrower edge of this axe, that's allowed. Because that's not the side that's usually used. This distinction should be obvious because Bekufitz Tnan, it basically says the same point in the Mishnah. That you could use a Kufitz, this butcher's knife, because the butcher's knife is more narrow and it's not usually used to chop the wood. So therefore, same thing should be when it comes to the narrow edge of the axe. So the Gemara says, no, there's a Chiddush here. Because Ma'al Deteyme, I would think, Haramili Kufitz, L'chudei. I would think only when it comes to this butcher's knife, which is narrow, has a narrow edge on all sides. And therefore that's allowed. But when you take the axe, which on one side it's, it's, it has a wider edge, and the other side it's like a kufitz. So maybe I should say, Since you're not allowed to use the wider edge of it, which is the way it's usually used during the week, so maybe the other side, even though it's, Similar to Kufitz, it also shouldn't be allowed to be used. So you shouldn't confuse the two. Kamash Malon, that was the Chiddush that he said in the name of Rav, that if you're using the narrower edge, you're allowed. Others learned this statement regarding the Sefer of the Mishnah. What did it say? Elo Bekufitz. That you're allowed to use the butcher's knife to cut the wood. So on this, you're only allowed to use the narrower edge of this butcher's knife, but the wider edge of it is also. Rashi explains that there's no machlaikis here between these two versions of what he said in the name of Rav, but it's pushed a difference in different places. There were some places that the axes had two sides, a narrow side and a, and a wider side. And, there are, and, and in that, those places, the butcher's knife was the same narrow on both sides. And then here, in the second version, it's the reverse. That the butcher's knife had a, na- a narrow edge and a wider edge. And as we'll see, when you get it to the axe, it was wide on both sides. So it's push it, as far as these utensils are concerned, in different places, they made them in different ways. So in this version, he's saying that when you're using the butcher's knife, you could only use it in the narrow edge and not in the, in the wider edge. Again, the Gemara says that this should be obvious because you're not allowed to use an axe. And the reason you're not allowed to use an axe is because it's wider and that's what's usually used to chop the wood by people that usually do this. So therefore, when you have this butcher's knife and there's a wider edge similar to an axe, isn't it the exact same as an axe? So the Gemara again answers, I would think to say, 
only an axe, and here in this version we're talking about an axe that is wide, has a wide edge on both sides. But if you're talking about a knife, a butcher's knife, that's on one side narrow, and on one side it's like an axe which is wide. Here maybe I should say, if I could use it on the, on the, on the narrower side, Maybe on the other side it's also allowed, because you're not doing it, you're using a utensil that's not usually used. It's not that axe. Since on one side it's narrow, so therefore it's not that same axe that you usually use, so maybe it should all, all be allowed. Kamashvalon, that was a schidish, that if you're using that wider edge that's similar to an axe on that side, it's also not allowed. You have a house, or a room maybe, that's full of fruits. It's full of food, and, but this room is closed off, it's locked, and it's closed and you can't get into it. Vinivchas. But then one of the bricks of this wall was, was uh, opened up, broken open. It happened on its own, Rashi says on its own, it broke open. You're allowed to take the food out of this room from that place where it opened up. Now the Chiddush over here is, even though when the time Yontif came in, this food wasn't accessible. If so, in your mind, L'chayda wasn't designated to be used for Yontif. So it should be Muktza. So Rashi explains over here, that based on the Gemara soon we'll see that we're talking about a room that was closed off in such a way that to make a hole, to open up, to go inside of it, it would only require to do an Ismid Rabbanan. It wasn't a room that was fully closed off that you'd mamish have to demolish it and do an Issa of Seisimid Raisa. You'd only have to do an Ismid Rabbanan. So Rashi says a very interesting and fundamental point regarding Muktza. Usually we know by Muktza that if something is Muktza when Shabbos enters by Bena Shmoshes, it's Muktza the whole Shabbos. Rashi says though, if something is separated from you and you can't access it, but it's only a ismid rabbanon that you, can, that you have to do to get to it, so that will not become separated from you from the entire Shabbos. If on Shabbos it becomes accessible, it's, it's going to be allowed to use. That's what the Mishnah is saying here. In this room that was closed and the fruits were inside, you are allowed to go and, and open it up and take out the brick of the wall in order to get in to get your fruits. How could Rabbi Meir say that even you can go ahead and break open the wall to get the food inside? He's demolishing a structure. This is the Malach of Seyser. How is this allowed to be done on Shabbos or Yantif? What we're speaking about over here is bricks that are stacked on one another, but there's no cement between them. These, these bricks are not properly built. It's just a stack of bricks, and you would have to just remove one brick in order to get in. Is this true? But Rav Nachman said, If you have these leftover bricks from a building project that you were building, you're allowed to move them on Shabbos, it's not Mokhtza. Because these leftover bricks, what do you do with it? It's, it could be used to, like a chair to sit on it. So therefore it's not Mokhtza. However, Shargenu, once you stack them up in a, uh, on one on another, like in, in one in a row, then Vadeyaktsinu. So that means you definitely made it Mokhtza, you designated it to be, to be used for a building for something and not to sit on it. So if so, how could you break open these bricks over here, even if they don't have cement between them, but there's still an issue of Mokhtza. 
In our Mishnah, we're speaking about Yantav. But on Shabbos, you would be right, there would be an issue of Muktza. Right, so on Yantiv, they didn't ask this, as Rashi says, because this is only an Isim with Rabbanon of Muktzah, so they, and you only, that's where your food is, your food is stuck inside this room, so they were matter to do this Isim of Muktzah to be able to get your food, according to Rabbi Meir, you're allowed to get your food. So the Gemara brings a Brayse, Tanya Nami Hachir, Rabbi Meir, Oymav, Peiches, L'chatchil, V'noitl, B'yomtif, Amru, Avaloi, B'Shabbos. The opinion of Rabbi Meir, that you can open up and take out a brick to go inside, this was only said on Yantif and not on Shabbos, since it's the Isim with Rabbanon, so they allowed it for Eichel Nefesh, specifically on Yantif. Oma Shmuel, Shmuel said, Chaysama is Shebekarka. When you have these ropes that, that are tied to the ground, Rashi says, let's say sometimes you have a door of a pit, or a door of a cave, and you want to fasten it to the ground, so it's tied, these ropes are tied to the ground. Matir, you're allowed to untie the knot of these uh, ropes on, on uh, Shabbos and on Yantif, and the reason is because it's not a Keshe Shokayama. It's always made to tie and untie, to open this door, to close this door, so it's, never, it's not a Keshe Shokayama. Aval, loy mafkia You can't unravel this rope, you're going to cut it and unravel it. For either unravel it or cut it. That's not allowed on Shabbos because that's Saiser. That's Saiser or Machatech. You, know, you, know, you, can't, you can't cut on Shabbos. That's Mamisha Malacha Dairaisa. Shebekalim, if you have these ropes that tie up a box closed, Matir Umafkiya Vachaitech. You're allowed to untie it, you're allowed to unravel it, you're allowed to cut it. And the reason is because Echad Shabbos, Echad Yomtiv, whether this is on Shabbos, whether this is on Yomtiv, because when it comes to Kalim, the Tana of this Braisa holds, ain't Stira be Kalim. You had before many times. There's no Binyan or Stira when it comes to Kalim. Only something which is built into the ground, Mechobal Karka. So this is the statement of Shmuel. So this Gemara asks, Meisvei, in a Braisa we learn differently. Chaisama is Shebekarka. These uh, ropes that are tied to the ground, Bishabis, so on Shabbos, Matir, you're allowed to untie it. You're not allowed to uh, unravel it and you're not, you're not allowed to cut it. Okay, but then it says, Biyomtiv, on Yomtiv, Matir, Umafkiya, Vichaitich. Then on Yomtiv, you're allowed to. On, on, you're allowed to untie it, you're allowed to unravel it, and you're allowed to cut it. So you see that on Yantif, you're allowed to do everything. Right? So he said before that even on Yantif, you're only allowed to uh, uh, untie it, but you're not allowed to unravel it or cut it. Over here in the Braisa, though, it says that on Yantif, you're allowed to do everything. So the Gemara answers, Hamani Rab This is following the opinion of Rab Meir. The Omar Av Poiches Lechatchile Venoitel. That you're allowed to go ahead. In the Mishnah, Rabbi Meir said, when he gave it to these rows of bricks that was closing up this room, and it was not uh, closed up completely with cement. So Rabbi Meir held lechatchila, you're allowed to take out a brick in order to get into the room. So over here as well, Rabbi Meir holds that you're allowed to open this up on Shabbos, and it's not considered to be a malachim in atayra. Because it's not awesome in atayra, the mafkiya and the chaytich is not a malachim in atayra, so therefore Rabbi Meir holds you're allowed and the Rabbanon argue on him. And Shmuel says, and I follow the opinion of the Rabbanon. But is it actually true that the Rabbanon argue on Rab Meir regarding the, uh, this case of having the ropes that are tied to the ground? 
Yeah, and the Mishnah take it, the Rabbanan argue with Rav Meir, and they hold that you're not allowed to break open the room. But if you hear in this case, do they argue? But Vatanya, we clearly learned in the Braise. Maidim chachamim le Rav Meir b'chaisome shebekarke shebeshabes matir avaloi mafkia avaloi choytech. They agreed to Rav Meir when it comes to these ropes that are fastened to the ground, that on Shabbos you could untie it, but you can't unravel it or you can't cut it. And beyontif matir umafkia v'choytech. And on yontif you are allowed to unravel it, you are allowed to untie it, even on Yantif. So the reason is over here, because this is, uh, there's no stidimidai raisa, it's only ismidai rabbanan, you're not really demolishing properly a bu- building over here, it's just these ropes that you're untying. So it's considered to be only a saisa, which is midai rabbanan. And therefore, Shabbos, midai rabbanan it's also, but on Yantif, for Simchas Yantif, for the Eichel Nevesh, they allowed it, it's mutter. Right, so therefore you see over here that Rabbanan agreed over here in this case that it's not allowed. It's not clear in the Gemara though, what's the difference between the bricks that Rabbanan argue with Rabbeir and they say in Allah to open up the room to go in. Even over there it's also only a ism Rabbanan, but nevertheless they hold that that ism Rabbanan applies in Yantif. And over here by, by uh, cutting or unraveling these uh, ropes are also only a ism Rabbanan. And over here for some reason the Rabbanan uh, they they, they um, agree to Rab Meir. What's the difference? The Gemara doesn't say. So the Farshim, some of Farshim say the difference is that in the Mishnah, when you have to break open a wall, so it, there's a Saisim with Rabbanan and there's also an issue of Muktzah. So there's two problems with Rabbanan. Whereas over here, by the Saisim of these ropes, there's no issue of Muktzah. So it's less of an Issim with Rabbanan. So over here, the Rabbanan are made to Rab Meir. That Mater, Mafkia, Vechaitech. Shmuel that said before that even on Yontif you're not allowed to unravel it, you're not allowed to cut it. So he's following the following Braise. There's another Braise that says like him. These ropes that are tied to the ground, matter, you could untie them. You can't unravel it and you can't cut it. Whether it's Shabbos or Yontif. But those ropes that are tying a box closed, Shabbos <laughs> matter. On Shabbos you're allowed to untie it. Avaloi mafkia, avaloi chaytich. You can't unravel it or cut it. And beyantiv matter mafkia vechaytich. On yantiv you can you can be matter it and you can be mafkia. You can chaytich. You can do whatever you want. So over here in the beginning of this brayse, it said exactly like Shmuel said. In the, in the beginning of the brayse, it said that on yantiv you're only allowed to untie it, but you're not allowed to unravel it or cut it. Right? Like Shmuel said. So therefore, he has a b'raise that says like his opinion. So it's, it's a machloikis. It's two, two different tanoim here. But the Gemara asks, you quoted this b'raise. If you look what it says in the seifa of this b'raise, this seifa of this b'raise says different than Shmuel. You brought a source for what Shmuel said from the reisha of the Mishnah. El But now the seifa is going to be a question. Because what does it say in the Sefer? Shmuel said before, when it comes to Kalim, so even on Shabbos, you're allowed to untie it, unravel it, you can do whatever you want. What does it say in this Braise regarding Kalim? Regarding Kalim over here it says, Mater So in this Braise, in the Sefer, regarding Kalim, we have a question on Shmuel. Again, Shmuel allowed by Kalim everything. No problem to untie, unravel, do whatever you want. And in this price it's saying, only, but even by Kalim, you're only allowed to untie it, but you're not allowed to unravel it or cut it. So we have a question from the Seifan Shmuel. 
So the Gemara says, Almani Rab Nechemyehi. The Sefer of this Braise follows Rab Nechemyehi's opinion. The Omar Rab Nechemyehi said, Kol HaKelim Eini Tolin Ela Derech Tashmishon. B'chlal Rab Nechemyehi had a very, very stringent view B'negei Tumukta, even more than Rab Yehuda. Rab Nechemyehi held, even a Keli, a real Keli, a, a spoon, a, a garment, you're not allowed to move it unless you're moving it for what it's designated for, its designated purpose. So what's the Pshat Gemara saying here? If you're going to go and untie a rope, how are you going to untie a rope? You're taking a knife to untie it, to cut it, not untie, sorry, if you're untying it, you're doing it by hand, but if you're unraveling the rope or, you, or you're cutting the rope, you have to do it with a knife. So if you're doing it with a knife, according to Rav Nechemyeh, that's not what a knife is intended for. So you can't, uh, you can't uh, unravel it, you can't cut it with a knife. That's why this Brais was saying that you can't uh, cut it or unravel it. If this price is Rab Nechemye, my area is Shabbos. So why is this an issue only on Shabbos? I feel a Yomtev Nami. This should be a problem on Yomtev as well. In the price it said that in, uh, on Shabbos you can't cut it or unravel it. On Yomtev it's all allowed. But if it's according to Rab Nechemye, there should be no distinction between Shabbos and Yomtev. If you'll argue and say, Maybe according to Rab Nechemia, there is a difference. Maybe Rab Nechemia, his stringent view of Muktzah is only regarding Shabbos and not regarding Yomtev. We had before a few times, the Gemara says that the Isurim Midrabanon, Bringeti Yomtev, is not as stringent as Shabbos. So the Gemara says, but that's not true. Is there a difference according to Rab Nechemia between Shabbos and Yomtev? Sorry, we learned in one Braise. Masikin, Bekelim, in one Braith it says this is all talking about Yontif, that you're allowed to use Kalim, that are, that are full Kalim, of wood, and you, you want to use them now for a fire, firewood. So you're allowed to use them for firewood on Yontif, even though it was not designated for that, it was a Kali. The Ein Masikin, Beshivrei Kalim. So again, let me, let me say that over again. The Kalim are not Muktzah. We're talking about Kalim, that when Yontif came in, because they're Kalim, so therefore you were allowed to move them. They're not mukta. So therefore, because they were not mukta, masikim bekelim, you're allowed to make, use them for firewood. They masikim bekelim. You can't use wood of something that broke on yontif. So therefore, when yontif came in, it wasn't designated to be used for this firewood, and they broke now on yontif, and now once they broke on yontif, it's mukta. You're not allowed to touch it. So it wasn't fit for, for firewood from yesterday. So you're not allowed to use that for firewood. That's one price. And another Braiset says, Masikin, Bein Bekelim, Bein Beshivre Kelim. There's no issue of Mukta. You can use for firewood, whether it's Kelim, whether it's Shivre Kelim that broke on Yontav itself. Either way, you're allowed to use it for firewood. And the Tanyidach, and then we learned in a third Braiset regarding what you're allowed to use for firewood on Yontav. You can't use any of this for firewood. Not Kelim and not Shivre Kelim. Now, what's, how do we answer these three braises? Oh, Mishani. And the answer was given. Loi Kashia, there's no question here. Ha Rabbi Yehuda. The first braise is Rabbi Yehuda that holds that there's an issue of Muktzeh. But Rabbi Yehuda holds the issue of Muktzeh is only something that before Yomtev, it was a Kaili, and then it breaks on Yomtev. So now it becomes Muktzeh. So that's something that you can't use if it broke on Yomtev. But a Kaili, even though it's not really intended for firewood, but because it was a Kaili that you were allowed to move, so you can use it for something that's not even for its intended use. That's the first b'raise. 
Harab Shimon, the second Brisa that says that there's no Mukta and even Kalim that break on Yantav, you can use for firewood, that's Rab Shimon. And Harab Nechemiah, the third Brisa says that Kalim, even though it wasn't Mukta Ilchayra, you can move it around, but only for its use, only for what that Kali is made for. You can't use it for firewood. So you see over here clearly that Rab Nechemiah said his Chumre even on Yantav, so you can't make a distinction between Shabbos and Yantav. So the Gemara answers, Trey, Tanoi, Valib, Rab Nechemiah. There are two different opinions over here according to Rab Nechemia. And according to one opinion, Rab Nechemia does distinguish between Shabbos and Yantif, and therefore we could explain the Brai said before that makes a distinction between Shabbos and Yantif regarding cutting or unraveling the ropes that are tied to the Kalim. That goes according to Rab Nechemia's opinion. You're not allowed to create a lamp. So you take a piece of clay, and with a fist, you create a receptacle of this clay in order to make a lamp in it. You're not allowed to do that on Yantiv. You're, you're forming a keli on Yantiv, and that's not allowed. You can't make charcoal on Yantiv. We'll see later from the Gemara that in those times, they did not use charcoal for cooking. Charcoal was used by a goldsmith, by a silversmith, but not for cooking. It's also, Rashi says, the issue of charcoal is also you're making a keli. It's going to be used for, cook, for, for whatever work you need. And you also can't take a wick. They have one long wick and you want to cut it into two. You're also making a keli with this. You're not allowed to do it on Yantif. You can't cut it by hand or with a utensil, but if you cut it by burning it in the fire to make it into two wicks, that's allowed. The Gemara will explain Rabbi Yudah soon. Who's the Tana that says that when you form a keli, you take a piece of clay and you stick your fist inside of it and you form it with your fist, and even that, that itself is making it a keli. Right? So as Rashi says, the point there is when you make a keli, so first you have to form it with your fist, but then afterwards you usually put it into a furnace of fire to strengthen it, that it should actually be uh, a real keli that could be used. But the Tan of our mission is saying that even before you put it into a furnace, just by forming it with your fist, that's already making a keli and it's not allowed on Yantav. Who is this Tana? Rav Yosef, Rav Meiri, this is Rav Meiri, the Tanya Rav Meiri said, Kli cheres, mekabotumah, at what point is it finished that it's a keli, that it's mekabotumah? A, a, a piece of pottery, a piece of, a piece of clay that's not as a keli, is not makabal tumah. So when is it makabal tumah? When you finish doing the work of forming it, shaping it, then it's already makabal tumah. No, it's not only by shaping it. Only when you put it in the furnace of fire and boiling hot, that's what makes it hard and strong, only then is it a full keli. So therefore our Mishnah that says you're not allowed to form it on Yontiv is Rabmei's opinion. Amalei Abaye, so Abaye says about this, Mimai, how could you compare to that case over there regarding Tumah? Maybe Rabmei said over there that it's considered to be a keli that's makabal Tumah because it's already a receptacle. You could put something inside of it. You can, even if you can't put liquid inside of it, it's going it's gonna, to it's, it's gonna dissolve it. It's not yet hard enough, but you can put other things inside of it. Over here, this little lamp, very lamp is very small, and you, you formed it with your fist, what, what, what could you put inside of it? What, you can't use it for a lamp yet before you put it into the furnace, so what could you use it for? You could use it for something, like you could put coins inside of it, so therefore it's still a keli. 
Ekedamri, others say that he brought a different uh, a Tana. Amr Av Yosef, Rav Liyaza, Bar Tzadiki. The Tana of our Mishnah is Rav Liyaza, Bar Tzadik. The Tana we learned in the Mishnah, El Fosin Charoniyais. These plates that are from Charoniyais. The Gemara is soon going to explain what Charoniyais means. These are plates from villagers. They would eat out of plates. They took these clay and they would flatten it out. And even before it was shaped as a receptacle for a plate, but it was like a flat piece of clay, they would eat on it. So these alfasin choronias that are made flat to hayres, but oil mace. So if they're inside the oil mace, it's not makabel tumer from the mace because it's not yet a keli. But utmeya is the azov. It will become tome from a zov that would move it. The difference, there's a bigger chumre by a zov. A zov makes something tome even if you moved it indirectly, even if a zov doesn't touch it. By a mace, Rashi brings the pasik, by a mace it says, kol kli pasuach, which is mashma that the keli, the keli has to be some kind of a receptacle. So this flat piece of clay is not yet a receptacle. But for tumazov, that's tome, even if you move it indirectly, because these villagers eat out of it, it's already going to be tummy. Rabbi Yezabat Tzadik Rabbi says, Since it's still a flat piece of clay, it's even going to be tahir from the zav that moves it. Because the malach is not completed, what's nigmara malachtan when they shape it, when they shape this plate to be a receptacle? So therefore, our Mishnah that says, once you shape it to be a receptacle, you're making a keli on yantif, follows Rabbi Yezabat Tzadik's opinion. So again, Rabbi asked the same question. Maybe Rabbi Lezabar Tzadik is only saying it over there that it would become Tommy. Because these plates could be used to put something inside of it even before it's put into a furnace to harden it. But over here, this little lamp, when you shape it, what is it fit for? It's fit to putting inside coins in it. You're not allowed to shape a, the clay into a lamp. And you're also not allowed to shape and make these clay into flat, flat clay that you can put food on it. You're not allowed to do this on Yontif. Again, Rabshem Gamliel Mater Bil Fasan Kharaniyas. Rabshem Gamliel allows to take this clay and make it into flat into flat uh, surfaces, and the reason is because according to Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, he holds like Rabbi Yezab Rabbi Tzaddik. And until you actually shape it to be a receptacle, just flat, there's nothing. The Tanakama holds, like, um, like, like the opinion that we said before, that even once it's flat, it could already be used. The people, the villagers, they would use it. So therefore he says that it's not allowed to do even that on Yantif. So now the Gemara explains, my charaniyais. What does the word charaniyais mean? Amr Rav Yudah, Eiron, it means Eironius. What my Eironius? Amrabayet The plates of the people that are living in the villages. And they were not particular how they ate their food, and they would eat even out of these flat pieces of clay, even before it's shaped into a plate. The next thing he said in the Mishnah was, you can't make charcoal. So, this should be obvious that you're not allowed to make charcoal and yontif. Um, Lamai Chazi, what, um, what, what are you going to use it for? So the Pshat and the Gemara's question is, as I mentioned in the times of the Gemara, they did not use charcoal for cooking. They used charcoal for a goldsmith, a silversmith. So the Gemara is saying, we know that the heter of doing Malachan Yantif is only for Eichel Nefesh. So Lamai Chazi, making charcoal, how, how could this be useful for Eichel Nefesh? So why, why would this be allowed? Obviously it shouldn't be allowed. 
He's making this charcoal to give to the people that are the bathhouse, uh, they take care of the bathhouses. And it's going to be used for the bathhouse on that day to, to heat it up on that day. So maybe you would think that this is something that you have a gnaw of, anyantif itself, and maybe this should be allowed. But are you allowed to heat up a bathhouse and take a bath on yontif? This is one of the gzeris of Chazal, is that you're not allowed to take a bath on yontif. And actually, even if you heat up the water from before yontif, you're not allowed. So what's the Gemara answering that, this, that, that I would think that this is being used for the bathhouse? It's anyways not allowed. So the Gemara answers, Taking a bath on yontif, yes, there's a takana that that's not allowed. But to heat up an, uh, an oven in a bathhouse, and then it's used like a sauna, like a schwitzbad. So maybe I would think that that's allowed. This is before they made a gzayret. There were different stages when they made this gzayret. We learned this in the Gemara and Shabbos. So before they made the gzayret, this is not allowed. So over here, if you're making this charcoal to, to, for the sauna, and before the gzayda, but you're not allowed to go into a sauna on Yontif, I would think maybe that it's allowed for that. You're having a no of it on Yontif. So therefore that's the chilish of our Mishnah, that even though you're having a no of it, but since you're forming a keli, it's not allowed. The next thing it said in the Mishnah was, You can't cut a wick into two. And our Mishnah did not say shnayim, but in the Mishnahis it says shnayim. You can't cut a wick into two. And then what did Rabbi Yehuda say? In fire you're allowed to cut it into two. With a knife, you're not allowed to cut it into two. Because you're making a keli. You're taking one and making it into two. So or nami. So even if you're doing it with fire and you you're cutting it with fire into two, nami kamasakin money. It's the same thing. You're taking one wick and making it into two. So why does Rabbi Yudah allow it? When it's cut in fire, how is this done? When you put this one long wick into two lamps, you have two lamps on two sides, and you put this wick into two lamps with oil, and then in the middle you have that wick right over there that's connected on both sides, and then you light the fire for the wick right in the middle. What happens when you light the fire of the wick in the middle? So now it's going to divide the wick into two, and you're going to have the wick burning on both lamps. So therefore, in such a case, Rabbi Yudah allows it because it doesn't look like you're making a keli. You're not cutting it into two by lighting it on fire. You're just lighting it and automatically you have two wicks that are burning in two kalim. That's how Rabbi Yudah allows it. Amir Abnasim Barabar, Abnasim Barabar, said, Meichatin es apsila biyomtif. You're allowed to meichatin, you're allowed to trim the psila. My meichatin, what does this mean to trim the wick? Amir Abnasim Barabar, Abnasim Barabar, to remove the, uh, when you have sometimes at the tip of a wick, the blackness and like the sort of charcoal that's there a little bit. At the tip of a wick, you're allowed to take that off on Yontif to make the light lighter. Tani Bakapare, we learned Bakapare said in the Braise, there were six Allah has said regarding wicks on Yontif. Gimel three are stringent, and the Gimel and three are to be lenient. Lahachmer, the three that are stringent. You can't spin the wicks, you can't um, take the wicks to spin them on Yontif. You're not allowed to singe the wick on Yontif to make it easier to light. And you can't cut it into two. All of these is because you're making it into a keli, you're making it into a, a proper wick that could be used. Then there were three that were said as leniencies. If the wick is not thin enough, you can... Um, Quetch uh, it down, or sort of with your hands, you can uh, squeeze it. So that's uh, 
that's allowed. V'shayra b'shemen, and also in order for it to burn better, you're allowed to soak it in oil. And v'chaytcha b'or b'fi And like Rabbi Yehuda said before, if you have a long wick that's already in two lamps, you can cut it in the middle. How? By lighting it on fire. The Gemara now brings another statement of the same Amaira that was mentioned before, even though it's a completely unrelated subject. And here we have a piece of Agadita. So, Vamarav Nasan Barabe, Omarav, Asire, Bavel, the rich people of Bavel, Yerde, Gehenim, Heim. They're going to go into Gehenim. Why? So, the Gemara brings an incident that happened. They didn't give tzedakah, basically. Kiha, the Shapsoi Bamarinus, this fellow, Shapsoi Bamarinus, Iklala Bavel, he made his way to Bavel. He asked of them to give him merchandise so he could make some parnasa and he'll, he'll keep half of the profit for himself. They didn't give him. He asked them to give him food. They didn't feed him food either. So Omar, so Shapsoi Bamerinu said, These individuals here in Bavel, they come from the Eid of Rav. Because the Pasuk says, The Ebishter gives you mercy and you have mercy, which means, Anybody that has mercy on people, We know that he is a descendant from Avram Avinu. A person that has no Rachmanus on people, So it's known that he doesn't come from Avram Avinu. Someone that hopes or looks out for food from other people's tables, he doesn't have what to eat for himself. His entire world, everything is dark for him, everything he sees is dark. Shanema, the Pasuk says, a person that wanders and looks to, for bread, Aye, where's their bread? Um, and he doesn't have, Aye, Yodak, Hinochem Biyodai, Yoim Choshach, Yoim Choshach. So the day is dark for him, he doesn't have any light in his life. His whole life is not a life. We learned Gimel. There are three individuals. Their life is not a life. Person that has to hope and await for food by his friend's table. Someone that his wife controls him. And someone that he has pain that are, is in his body, is pain. And the Yeshaimrim and others add and say, Also someone that only has one shirt to wear, one, one set of clothing to wear. Rashi says, you have one set of clothing to wear, you never get a chance to wash it. And eventually you develop lice and you have terrible irritation from it. And the Gemara explains, Tanakama, the Tanakama that doesn't count this individual that only has one garment, that, it's, that he doesn't include that in the three that don't have life. Because even if he can't wash it, but if he's, not, if he's careful with his clothing, he can inspect it and make sure that he shouldn't get lice and therefore he won't get irritated.